In the annals of crime, Stuart Weldon's name would become synonymous with fear and terror. With a facade of normalcy, he prowled the shadows, preying upon the vulnerable and the unsuspecting. Like a predator lurking in the night, he built his empire of darkness, leaving behind a trail of shattered lives and haunting memories. Behind closed doors, hidden from prying eyes, Weldon's true nature was unveiled a sadistic monster who revealed in the suffering of others. His victims, trapped in a hellish nightmare, endured unspeakable torment at his hands. The investigation that followed would expose a chilling tale of abduction, torture, and murder unraveling the sinister tapestry woven by Stuart Weldon. The streets trembled with trepidation as the case unfolded, revealing the depths of Weldon's malevolence. Each revelation painted a macabre portrait of a man riven by a thirst for power and control, leaving a trail of broken lives in his wake. As the evidence stacked against him, the city held its breath, yearning for justice to be served. Take a deep breath and walk with me through the dark. This is the case of Stuart Weldon. In the month of January in the year 2020, our story begins in Springfield, Massachusetts. A young couple was looking for a warm and inviting home to make their new home. They didn't leave the house much spending most of their time playing video games and taking care of their animals. Because of this, they required a roomy location to spread out in, in addition to a location from which they would not have to travel an excessive distance to get to work. They had been shopping for a little over a month, and they were beginning to have a good sense of the neighborhood as well as the pricing that they could anticipate. And at that point, by sheer chance, they came across the address, 1333 Page Boulevard. The house was a reasonable size considering the asking price. It wasn't that old, and in comparison to the other homes in the neighborhood, its price was quite a little lower than the market average. What exactly is the deal? Why is it priced so low? The pair took into account the property's location next to a busy road and the fact that it had an outdated appearance, but they recognized that it had promise. As a result, they put a visit to the property on the agenda for the following day. A quick forward brings us to the present time of 1800 hours hours. The next day, it was nighttime when the couple and the real estate agent were looking around the property they were interested in purchasing. They were surprised by how spacious it was, and they remarked on how charming the place was, despite its very simple appearance. They laughed it off, even joking at one point that the house had the vibe of being haunted, despite the fact that the location had an unpleasant odor. However, this is the point at which things take a somewhat sinister turn. The real estate agent accompanied the couple as they descended the stairs and entered the basement. The space consisted of three rooms, each of which had direct access to the outside. The first room had several appliances as well as a boiler. Nothing that can't be explained by other factors. The following one, on the other hand, was terrible. It had a concrete floor, 
a shower that was falling apart, and inexplained marks on the walls and floors. When they entered the last room, it was vacant, and the first thing they saw was that there was a lot of residual adhesive all over the walls and ceiling of the room, and that adhesive had something sticking to it. The room was naked. After a closer check, it was discovered that the man had touched the sticky substance. When he finally understood that it had been soundproof foam all along, he questioned the real estate agent about the purpose of the soundproofing in the basement. It's possible that the former owner was an accomplished musician. When it happened, the real estate agent's face fell, and he murmured, Oh, God, let's leave. I finally understand why this property is still up for sale. Almost immediately, he led the two individuals away from the house and then began to explain to them that the property in question had a past. The previous owner was not a musician, and the soundproofing of the residence was done so that he could cover up the sounds of his victims screaming while he violated, tormented, and killed them. Since Stuart Weldon, a fairly recent serial killer in the area, was the previous occupant of the home. It is important to note this fact. And in the basement is where he took three of his victims hostage. And it was there that all three of them ultimately met their deaths after being detained there for an extended length of time. Who exactly is this Stuart Weldon, then? In order to provide an appropriate response to that inquiry, we will need to travel back approximately two years. It was the 27th of May in the year 2018. It was a Sunday, and the police were carrying out their standard traffic checks all around the city. In order to make the roads in our region safer, we are conducting checks, which involve inspecting vehicles to make sure drivers are following the rules of the road and to look for damaged parts of vehicles. Catherine Street was patrolled by law enforcement officers despite the late hour of the evening. At that point, they became aware of a black Nissan Altima that had a damaged rear tail light. The minor infraction was precisely what the police were searching for, so they continued to follow the vehicle once it was stopped. After a couple of minutes, the police flashed their lights in an attempt to pull the motorist over. As soon as the driver stopped and the officers got out of the car, the driver put his foot on the accelerator and started speeding away. This resulted in a high-speed chase that spread throughout the city and involved the police. They did not waste any time in getting back on the man's trail as they approached his vehicle in the moments before he drove off. The officer gave a description of the suspect as a lighter black male who was driving with a white woman in the passenger seat. The person driving the black Nissan was the owner of the vehicle. And that driver, who was so anxious to get away from the police, was a man named Stuart Weldon who was 40 years old. He had been a lifelong resident of Springfield, having moved there when he was a young adult. Additionally, he had a history with law enforcement, having been arrested and charged for several offenses in the past. During the course of their pursuit, the police broke a number of traffic violations while chasing Stuart for several minutes. 
It was very evident that he was trying to get away from more than just a broken taillight as he took off. They ultimately caught up with him on Westford Avenue, where they immobilized him by hairpinning the front of his vehicle and rendering him unable to move. Stewart attempted to flee on foot after getting out of his vehicle, but the officers were fast to catch up with him. One of the officers grabbed him and threw him to the ground, causing his legs and head to flail. He yelled while pointing his finger back toward the automobile and saying that the woman had a gun. In addition, there is a dead body in the boot of the car. After placing Stewart in handcuffs, the officers arrived at the vehicle and discovered that there was a very compelling explanation for why he had been speeding away from them. You have to understand that Stewart's passenger did not in any way possess a firearm, and the trunk did not contain a dead person. In fact, she was not even there of her own free will. She was cleared of any possibility of endangering the general public after being searched by law enforcement personnel. And it was at that point that it became very apparent that she required medical attention as quickly as was possible. She wailed loudly and thanked the police for saving her life, stating that Stewart had been holding a captive at his home for more than a month and would not let her leave. She thanked the police for their assistance. She was subjected to recurrent acts of sexual assault. She went on to explain that he would frequently strike her with a hammer or any other object that he could get his hands on. She had many knife wounds to the abdomen, a cracked jaw, extensive scratches across her body, bruises, a leg infection, and marks from being hit with a blunt instrument. She also had marks on her leg from being hit with the object. Officers found a huge knife concealed within his sweatshirt, as well as a second knife concealed within his back pocket. After that, he was apprehended and put into custody. Subsequently, he was accused with torturing his female passenger, committing sexual assault, and kidnapping her. However, that is not where the narrative ends. As a result of the claims made by Stewart's alleged victim, the police were eager to search his residence. In addition, at the same time, Stewart's mother, who had previously owned the property, mentioned that there was a putrid odor coming from inside the house. This tipped off the officers, who then followed this information to 1433 Page Boulevard. And sadly, we get started with a very unsettling story from the state of Massachusetts. It is a case of kidnapping that has the potential to become much more serious with the discovery of three bodies at a house in Massachusetts. Investigate the Springfield property thoroughly throughout the course of the night. According to what they have heard, Stuart Weldon's last known address was here. When the police officers came, they too smelled the foul stench coming from within and between the night of May 30, 2018 and the following day. This occurred between the dates of May 30 and June 1. When the police arrived, they discovered three dead victims inside the house. The first one was in the shed, the second one was in the garage, and the third one was in the basement. The wrists and feet of two of the victims were found bound with various wires and electrical cords when they were recovered. Additionally, 
officers discovered sticks that had been wrapped with wire and thought to have been used to beat the suspects. The bodies of the three victims were later recognized by the police as belonging to Kales Kalanti, who was originally from Ludlow, and to Ernestine Ryans and America Leiden, both of whom were originally from Springfield. The results of their autopsies revealed that they had not been killed by stab wounds or gunshot wounds, but rather that they had been savagely beaten to death within the property. On December 1, 2017, relatives of America's family informed authorities that Leiden had gone missing. She was a mother of two children, and she was an avid reader with a particular interest in urban literature and mysteries. Text messages were sent between her and her sister just before she went missing. However, her sister now feels that the text did not originate from her. On March 18, three months after America's abduction, Ernestine Ryans was reported missing. Her disappearance occurred on March 18. She had just recently relocated to Springfield, and at that point, she was already a mother and a grandmother. Her demeanor was said to be one of kindness and gentleness. Kailas Kalanti, the youngest person to fall victim to Stewart's crimes, was never the subject of a missing persons report. However, she was born on March 30, 1991, and she has a daughter that she has left behind. The more the investigators looked into Stewart's case, the more disturbing the circumstances surrounding it got. You need to understand that the failure of the system is not the focus of this narrative. In fact, Stuart is the very antithesis of this. It focuses on the ways in which the system was unable to protect other people from him. Investigations into Stuart's past revealed seven additional people who had been victimized by him. All of these individuals are still alive today. However, all seven of them accused him of a number of various crimes, including rape and violence. His lengthy list of offenses began in 1997, when Stuart Weldon was charged with unlawful possession of a weapon, kidnapping, and sexual assault. Since then, he has committed many more crimes. In addition, he was detained twice in 2002 and 2003 for resisting arrest and disorderly conduct in both of those years. In addition, he was arrested for assaulting a law enforcement officer in 2008. In 2010, he was charged with breaking and entering, assault with a deadly weapon, assault to an officer, and threat of murder, all of which resulted in a combined sentence of 18 months in jail time. His record continued to be problematic throughout this time period. In 2015 and 2017, he assaulted a police officer for the second and third times, respectively. What the hell is wrong with this guy, seriously? According to the order that the court made about an earlier accusation, Stewart was supposed to be wearing an ankle monitor during the month of February in 2018. However, once he removed his ankle monitor, the authorities sought to check up on him. However, he has not been seen or heard from since that time. To put it more clearly, 
His history over the past two decades has been horrifyingly rife with glaring warning indicators that he is capable of imposing harm on other people. And despite this, law enforcement was not sufficiently vigilant to respond to the impending danger posed by him. Unfortunately, three of his victims lost their lives as a direct result of his actions. Since Stuart Weldon was taken into custody on May 27, 2018, he has been indicted on a total of 52 charges, which cover a wide range of acts, and his bail has been set at $2 million. In addition to the 52 charges, there are three counts of first-degree murder. Even a single conviction on any of those counts would result in an automatic sentence of life imprisonment without the possibility of release. Even though he has not been tried in a court of law yet, it is very easy to predict the outcome of the case against him. I mean, there isn't much room for interpretation. Despite the fact that he has just recently changed his plea to not guilty, Stuart Weldon is still being held in jail pending the outcome of his trial, which has been postponed several times as a direct result of COVID. And this is how the story of Stuart Weldon is always developing. The fact that he had a long history of torturing, raping, and murdering people, which was all discovered from a broken backlight makes it almost impossible to believe that he would have continued his violent behavior. If Stuart hadn't been pulled over by police earlier that evening, one has to wonder what would have become of his most recent victim. Just after Stuart was arrested, a neighbor complained that the man was giving an unsettling amount of attention to his 21-year-old daughter. The neighbor made this claim shortly after Stuart was arrested. A little over a month ago, Stuart followed her home on one occasion after she had concluded her shift at a Dinkin Donuts located nearby. Although there is information and evidence to imply that Stuart has been on a long list of prescriptions to treat his mental health for decades, Stuart's Aunt Connie believes that something broke in him. However, there is information and evidence to suggest that this is not the case. Irrespective of the cause, you are not entitled to an excuse. I sincerely hope that he spends the remainder of his life behind bars. Furthermore, when I embark on the search for a new residence in the future, I intend to thoroughly research the property's history before stepping foot inside. Thank you for attentively considering our topic today. I trust you found the case intriguing. If you did, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you. Each day at this location, I handle cases involving both solved and unsolved mysteries. What are your thoughts on the circumstances surrounding Stuart Weldon's case? What are your opinions on the potential emergence of additional evidence following the trial's conclusion? Do you believe there may be more victims? Leave a comment below with your response, and I will address it. Once again, I express my gratitude to all of you, and I look forward to the next chapter. In the meantime, take care of one another's well-being. Goodbye.